Hello, everyone, and welcome to another awesome episode of the Dream Design Podcast with your host, Amy Westervelt. I am so excited for my guest today. Now, you hear me say that a lot, but what I don't do a lot, I've done it before, but what I don't do a lot is I don't fangirl over my guests, okay? Like, I recognize that we are both thought leaders in our own right. But I am telling you, this gal that I'm bringing on the show today is one of the most powerful, kind, thoughtful, brilliant breaths of fresh air that I've ever come across in my life. And I am so elated to bring her to you on today's show. So after the intro, I will be back with the author of Toxic Person Proof, the incredible Sarah K. Ramsey. Right. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. So as promised, I have an incredible guest today. Sarah K. Ramsey is joining me. I'm going to just let her talk because trust me, when she starts, you're going to want to listen. So welcome, Sarah. That was quite the workup. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and Amy Lee, I fangirl you as well. Gosh, when we met, it was just the stars aligned, you know, and just two women really sincerely supporting another woman and like, hey, you'd be great at this and you'd be great at this. And, and really, it's just such a brilliant thing. And I know. Um, and something that can often be missing in your real life as an influencer, right? You kind of start getting in the like, well, who does she think she is now that she's got a book or who do you know, that type of thing. And it's just um, so really lovely and beautiful and powerful to have a, a real support person. And I thank you for that, Amy Lee. And I hope I am that for you as well. Oh, you absolutely are. And you know, it's funny. Um, we'll get into your story in just a minute, but because you brought it up, being an authentic influencer in a space that thrives on edifice is hard. It's really hard to be a true person and to kind of let it all hang out when there are so many, um, I don't want to call them people because I feel like they're controlled by higher up things, entities, right? That are kind of um, promoting this, this facade of perfection. And so for me, it's always been so refreshing to meet someone like you who's out there going, yeah, we, we don't play that game. And I can read you like the Sunday times. And let me tell you, you're not doing that here. So the, the boundary stuff that you have taught me just from reading your book, from being on your, you know, your launch team, from, you know, just hearing you speak and in the different places we've been aligned I am just in awe of how much you even have supported me and feel Cause here's the thing. And we're going down a rabbit hole, but we're going to talk about this because that's what this podcast is, right? Is the first rule, the, the first thing about boundaries, cause let's be real. That's like, you are, you have like your doctorate in boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing about boundaries is that 99% of the people who struggle with them don't even think they're allowed to have them. And the people who keep them 
stuck or keep them oppressed want them not to know that they're allowed to have boundaries. And so we grow up with such a twisted version of what we're allowed to want, to think, to feel. And so that is such a, a low place, if you think of it like a like pit, to be able to start from to even have the conversation about how to create healthy boundaries. And I know we're going like, we're going in to come out, but I just wanted to say, I just, I, I think that it's really powerful that we're both here showing up, being as successful as we are and doing it without letting anybody bully us. So. Yeah. And there was a conversation I had with someone today and there's that idea that like, Oh, I'm strong enough to take it. Right. And she said, well, and this was a romantic toxic situation. I cover all kinds. This is a romantic toxic situation. Sure. And she said he was, you know, grew up in a house where his parents were abusive towards each other, but they made it like they didn't leave each other. And I said, and I understand that at one time and point in history, that was admired. Right. Like that was in my necessary, right? Because it was about being the breadwinner and taking care of your family and it, and love didn't really enter into it. Yeah. Or healthy relationships didn't into it or right. kindness didn't into it. It was more right. about the social structure, which there were all kinds of reasons for that. Right. We don't live in that day in life anymore. We don't. But many of us were raised, or at least our parents were raised by people who did live that life, right? Right. So I think it's a really important concept to realize how new this is in society. Like boundaries are new. Mm -hmm. Even the word, I hardly ever use the word abuse, but even the idea of like abusive relationship is new. Emotional abuse is new. It used to be just normal, right? It used to be just like a normal situation. And now it's a new concept that like, oh, my boss shouldn't scream at me and throw things at me. Oh, I, I shouldn't like, you know, I mean, it's crazy how things have changed. If you watch Mad Men, you know, mm -hmm. like I was that. Yeah. Or even like Catherine the Great. Like yes. I've been watching that and it's all about how she's married to this one guy, but she's having a relationship with this other guy. And it's totally normal. It's like her, she hates her husband. Yes. And they, and they, they, they copulate, but they hate each other. And I'm just like, but they're trying to make an air, right? Like it's, it's just mind blowing. Well, it is. And, and so I, I think it's really helpful to understand how new this concept is. Mm -hmm. um, when most therapists were going through school on personality disorders, such as narcissism, sociopath, psychopath, it was kind of like, oh, they never change. It hardly ever happens. You won't see that many of them. And now it's like, oh, no, that was wrong. <laughs> right? That was wrong. And now we're looking at, you know, one in every 10 people. Some experts are saying even one in every five are toxic personalities, manipulative personalities. They're going to flip the blame on you. They're going to make everything um, your fault. They're going to leave you confused. If you've ever heard the term gaslighting, I know you have, Amy Lee, but um, gaslighting is really just when someone is set out to confuse you. So they can avoid you seeing the truth so they can avoid doing the right thing. We have a lot of that going on in society today. So much, so much. And um, really, 
teaching our kids to be critical thinkers. Um, the best way to do that is teaching ourselves to be critical thinkers and modeling that, even though it's like, oh, how could my kids learn this and I don't have to is, you know, would be much easier. <laughs> it would be much easier. But it's just really critically thinking about our own lives and and it no longer being the social norm that being a good person means putting up with bad behavior. That That's really what I want to change. Absolutely. So let's back up for a second. And we are having some connectivity issues. So if you guys are seeing us blurry right now, I'm not really sure what happened. While we were talking, my monitor actually went blank. And oh, I'm like, oh, no, we lost it. But it came right back up. And now I see the little Wi-Fi signal. So we're losing people, but they're going to come back. So don't worry. Um, but let's let's kind of dig back out of this hole that we jumped into. And let's talk about, so you wrote a book. It's called Toxic Person Proof. And um, for those who don't really know what a toxic person is, can you kind of explain that a little bit? Absolutely. And there's a spectrum of toxic behavior. Okay. Because I am not one of these people who it's like, well, everybody's toxic, you know, or just because someone disagrees with, you know, how I should eat my lunch at work, they're toxic. There is a spectrum. Of We're all a little narcissistic. <laughs> we are. Uh, we are. So there, there is a spectrum. But I want to introduce the phrase to you. Um, there's a difference between a dog who bites you once and a dog who bites you daily. Okay. And I had the cutest puppy when I was little. It was a little chow puppy. And um, it kind of nipped me and nipped my sister, but then it started nipping my friends and then nipped my friends again. And then every time someone would come over, the dog would bite like the children. You know, that's a problem, right? That That's a problem. And so when the dog first nipped, I guess me, probably because I was moving its food bowl or something, it's kind of like, is the dog toxic? Well, probably not, right? I shouldn't have messed with its food bowl. But when right. you start to see that type of pattern with your spouse, with your mother, with your child, but dare I say child, uh, we'll say adult child, uh, you know, but whoever it is in your life, when you start to see a real pattern of behavior, right? think about that dog example. It's like, man, that dog's biting somebody every day. Mm -hmm. The dog's bitten everyone in its life. That dog bit the last person they worked with. That dog bit their last spouse. That dog bit whoever, you know, that type of thing. That really helps clarify because it's like, where is the the, the line between kind of grumpy or, or a real problem and the pattern, the strength of the pattern is the problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So another example I love to say is someone who makes the rules, breaks the rules, and enforces the rules. They get mm -hmm. to always be right. You get to always be wrong. Oh, I'm having like flashbacks right, right now. Right? They get to make you feel bad and your job is to make them feel good. Mm -hmm. okay? So you see that real inconsistency of um, playing by a different set of rules. And that's the easiest way because if you lined up a group of 13-year-old girls and said, if someone's always checking your phone, if they're calling you bad names, if they're lying to you, if they are um, making you feel bad about yourself, is that a good person? The 13-year-old girls are going to say no. So what's happening when these girls are 33? Why can't we see it? And guys, when they're 33, I'm not shaming women by any means. I just usually work with women. But what's happening at 33 that people are confused and missing out on it? There, there's... There needs to be a simplification in the language that a list of red flags doesn't quite get 
because I've had people have the craziest story. There was one lady and um, she, her husband would always fuss at her about what type of lunch she made and say her lunch that she made was never good enough. And then she went to his work and saw his lunch and saw everyone else's lunch. And she said, your lunch is a thousand times better than these other people. They're having a cold sandwich and you have this whole elaborate thing. And he said, yeah, but if you did a good job, you would start, you would stop trying. If mm -hmm. you thought you were doing a good job, you would stop trying. Right. And But to have on the red flag list asks you to make them a better lunch, it, it just gets out of control, you know, within just looking at red flags. Um, but the red flags are, doesn't play by the same set of rules, gets to enforce the rules, gets to break the rules, and your job is to follow the rules. Which you hear that term walking on eggshells, you feel like you're walking yeah. on eggshells or performing. Mm -hmm. that, uh, your job is to follow the rule thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's what we're going to do because I now know what's going on. My side is blurry, yours is beautiful. So I'm going to ask a question, then I'm going to put just you on the screen. Okay. Then I'll come back and ask a blurry question again, and that way everybody won't have to see blurry me. So my quick question to you is, so what do you think are some indicators for someone to know if somebody in their life is toxic? Like what are some quick things to go, okay, this is the difference between we had a fight and this person, this is this is a danger zone. So awesome. So the more they leave you confused the more concerning the situation. So if you have, for example, there may be someone toxic at work um, and they're always saying something kind of ugly um, within a meeting, like kind of passive aggressively making comments about you. Okay, so that's on the spectrum of toxicity and it's concerning, right? If someone's demeaning you, that's concerning. Um, but that's kind of, you, you kind of know and then you can be upset about it. So that's that's a good version. They say something, you recognize it, then uh, you think, okay, I'm mad about that. They shouldn't have done that. That's the that's the good level, if there is such thing as a good level. That's the early levels of toxic behavior. The real danger zones as you move through the spectrum are the people who make you doubt themselves or doubt yourself. The people who make you doubt yourself, and that's where it gets really concerning. What? What? What just happened there? Why? Why did they think I said that? Did did, did I really do that? Did is that really what I meant? I I didn't think that's what I meant. I was I was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to help them, but it feels like I don't know. And, and then at that point, they become your master manipulator. You become the puppet. And they pull on the confusion strings and leave you unsure of yourself. And that's the real danger zone. If you can recognize someone's behaving badly and be upset about it, um, that's kind of normal life and, you know, unfortunate part of normal life, but, but part of normal life currently, our current normal. Uh, when you are left confused, when you are left doubting yourself, when you are left 
um, doubting reality, when you are left uncertain of what the truth is and uncertain of what your inner truth is, or thinking that um, your job in life is to follow the rules that they set as truth, that's where you're really in the danger zone. That That's very concerning. Um, and that's after lots of gaslighting, uh, which is a term of getting you to doubt yourself. Uh, the easiest example is, well, somebody giving you your keys or you have the keys on the table and they move the keys and then you say, hey, where are my keys? And they say, oh, you're so dumb. You know, you always lose stuff. And then they hid the keys somewhere else and then they give you your keys and say, see, you could never live without me. What would you do without me? Okay, so it creates a really unhealthy bond. You can't live without them. You're so dumb, you lost your keys. But in reality, they moved your keys. But if you are a good, kind, loving, giving person, it's very hard to assume that someone would do something like that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think what's really interesting, too, is, and, and this is how it's it's played out for me, mm -hmm. When codependency enters into the equation, that's when it gets really dangerous because you've got people pleaser to the nth degree where there's almost a control mechanism coming from the good person, right? Which then interacts with the control mechanism from the negative person. And you have like what's, you know, considered a toxic relationship. So what do you, what, because I know that you talk about this, what do you think are some indicators for you, if you're listening to this, that you might be, mm, I don't want to say empowering, but I guess that's the best word, feeding into this potential kind of relationship. Like what are some things you could be doing that might be mm, causing, like what are, what are some like things to look for so you don't keep walking into this? So definitely... And I, there's kind of three questions in one there. So, so I'll break them apart. Um, as the last thing you said, you know, really in thinking, um, how do I protect myself from future toxic relationships? I want you to think of the term, that's weird. Okay, that's weird. Did they, did they really say that? Did I really move my keys? I felt like they told me a different story last time. It feels like something's off. It feels like that's not the whole truth. Okay. So those phrases of that's weird um, to prevent a future toxic relationship. There is no better answer because it's when you start questioning and your body's like, huh, something feels off. Something feels not quite right. Something feels off. That is the time to make a decision to take a step back, slow things down personally, professionally, whatever, um, and to create some distance. Because once you, by the time you find the answer to all your questions, you'll be in too deep. Okay, it may take you 10 years to figure out what was weird. Do you really want to give it 10 years to figure it out? Probably not. Okay. So the first step is that figuring out what's weird. Okay. Um, and then I also want to warn everyone against what I call smart girl syndrome. Okay. So smart girl syndrome is I have never met a problem I couldn't fix and I can fix you too. Okay. And so um, I think about 
in your own childhood? Did you do badly at math and then you worked hard at math and got better? I was a classical piano player, so I went through and practiced piano over and over and over. I couldn't start playing a Beethoven sonata, but by the time, I mean, I'm not really finished playing piano, I can still play, but certainly by the time I graduated high school, I could play a Beethoven sonata, right? So there's that idea that if I just work harder, I can make it work. And we do not stop to say, why am I the only one doing work? Whoa, 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 whoa. If we're in a relationship and I'm doing all the work and they're not doing the work, something's very, very wrong. Okay. We shall ask that question because all these other things in our life, if it's perfecting, building a business, perfecting a marketing idea, uh, building a product, um, creating the perfect Thanksgiving turkey. It doesn't matter what it is. Things take work. And when we're told relationships take work, we think, oh, this must not be that bad. Coworker relationships take work. I just need to work a little harder. And that is what I really want to warn people against. If you are thinking, I, if I can just work a little harder, I can make it work. I want you to ask yourself, why are you the only one doing the work? Right. right. Especially if that person that you're in the relationship with doesn't want to change. I mean, if they like the way things are, if they like you, and I've been in some, I obviously, you know, I had a narcissistic parent, but I've also been in narcissistic romantic relationships. And I remember, I think I told you this story. There was this one guy that I dated and he ignored me for like a week. And I finally went back over there and he goes, do you like it when I take my love away? And it was like, I mean, there are actually people who, for whatever reason, think that this is a normal way to behave. And clearly it's not. Um, okay, so in the essence of not making everyone hate this blurriness of me, let's go ahead and open it up for questions. We have quite okay. a few people watching. Um, if you guys have questions for Sarah, go ahead and drop them into the comments. And I will bring them up on the screen and she can answer them. So feel free to ask your questions, anecdotes, anything you want to add, anything you want to get off your chest. She's really great for that. Um, and while we're waiting for those questions to come through, Sarah, we kind of circled around backwards, went through the woods, over the hill. Tell us a little bit about how you got into studying this. Like what made you say, you know what, I want to go from whatever you were doing before to this is what I want to write a book about. Like we didn't really go there. Yeah. So my favorite question is people say, oh, have you been in a toxic relationship? And I say, <laughs> how sweet of you to think there was only one, you know, and I was the classic, absolute good girl, right? I just wanted to follow the rules. And I really thought if I could be good enough, life would protect me. And what I now realize is I didn't want to learn how to protect myself. It was easier to believe, uh, they probably didn't mean it. I could avoid conflict that way. I could be nice. Everybody could like me. You know, those types of things. And um, it was that classic good girl combined with the smart girl of, oh, I'll just need to work harder and I can make it work. And it really blew up my life. Um, I also was in a community where a cheerleader was killed by her boyfriend um, it was a very public thing, made a, a like Dateline, I think. It was a, a national news thing because she was beautiful. And her name was Emma. And she was 16 and killed 
shot in the head by her boyfriend. And I started a mental health campaign for teens to help uh, teens learn healthy relationships. But the best way to help a child, I now believe, is to help their mother. Because I can be around someone or teach a lesson to teens for 15 or 30 minutes, even if it's once a week. That's just a very small amount of time. But if I can teach a mother, right, and have her transform her life and design a life she's excited about living, then that teen, that girl, that boy can see this lived out every day. And there are much more powerful changes in place when that happens. Um, so so that's that's my journey. And uh, I am, hello, uh, definitely have lots of people who um, relate with that. And they were just trying to follow the rules. And they never imagined that someone would break the rules on purpose and break the rules and hurt them. And uh, if it's one of the biggest things that I hear people say is, I just can't believe anyone would do this. But when you think about boundaries, right, and then someone being upset that you have a boundary, really what they're saying is, I don't want you to be selfish so that I can be as selfish as I want. I want to be as selfish as I want. So you can't be selfish. And so if you have a boundary, if you say anything that I don't like, I'm going to say, gosh, you're just so selfish. And I, as a quote unquote good girl, oh, I don't want to be selfish. So what do you want me to do? What what can I do so that I don't have to be considered selfish? And Is anybody out there in the audience a little triggered right now? Because I'm over here like. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Back. Yes, it does get better um, if you start to get good at the things that you don't want to get good at. Um, and I see, I saw it myself and it was like, oh, I just need to be even more forgiving. I need to be even less selfish. I need to be even more flexible. I need to be like, have even less needs. Two sets of rules. Their job is to make the rules, enforce the rules, break the rules. Your job is to follow the rules. Their job is to get to be selfish. Your job is to be unselfish. And I really um, had to come back in my life and just say, is my purpose here on earth to help spread darkness? Because if I'm helping someone become the most selfish version of themselves, I'm not spreading light into the world. That's not being a good girl. It's not nice or kind or loving to help cover up someone's bad behavior and to change myself so they don't have to change. And uh, that's when I stopped being strong enough to take it and transform to be being brave enough to change it. Because it takes the same amount of energy to do both. You can stay in survival. You can pretend it's not happening. You can pretend it's not that bad. Or you can move on. You can, you know, stop being the, the person who helps other people become more selfish, um, which is the journey I've taken. And Amy Lee, I know the journey you've taken as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, every time you tell this story, I'm just like, oh, 
like people need you so, so badly. Um, so let's talk about that for a second real quick. Um, so we have your book here. Tell us a little bit about the book. Yes. So Becoming Toxic Person Proof. Um, it's really about that journey into uh, trying to be a good person and consciously doing the right thing um, and how to be sweet but safe. Okay. And I am absolutely passionate about the message that there are toxic people and you know them. And there is everyone walking this earth has been fooled by a toxic person. We put people in these categories. Like Amy Lee, you said you had a narcissistic romantic relationship. And that's really easy to put that type of romantic relationship into a separate category and say, oh, those people are a little more dumb. Like if I got manipulated in a business deal, I'm not that dumb. But if you get manipulated in a romantic relationship, then that's a little more dumb, um, which really creates dysfunction in our families and we can't get out and I mean, all these sorts of things. So, um, and I, I take it back to Bill Cosby and how many of us watched Bill Cosby as a kid and thought he was so funny and so wonderful and so amazing. And then until he wasn't until victim after victim after victim came forward and said, Whoa, Bill Cosby was not a nice person. And there was a whole nation fooled by Bill Cosby. There were people around Bill Cosby on a regular daily basis that didn't speak up about him. Okay. Or Ellen. Yeah, that's, I haven't followed that story as much, but yeah, I, uh, definitely. And when you think about the, um, you know, Bernie Madoff, like the people who lost money in that situation, how many people are like, gosh, they're so, I'll use the word codependent. Man, it's really codependent that people believed Bill Cosby. It's like, what? Huh? Or it's really codependent that people, uh, you know, gave their money to Bernie Madoff. And it's like, well, what? You know, and I, 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 there are certain things that are codependent and people pleasing that can happen. But um, I don't want to put that label on everyone who's experienced what I call in my book, a toxic person encounter because people believed Hitler. Really smart people met Hitler and didn't realize what was happening. Toxic people are good at their game. And when we kind of start to normalize this, as scary as it may seem at first, one, it makes you watch out for people. And two, it's easier to believe victims of toxic violence or toxic abuse, even emotional abuse, toxic work situations. And, and it really allows people the breathing room if they do need to say, wow, my mom was toxic. My spouse was toxic. My boyfriend was toxic. That, that work partner was toxic. Um, saying, oh yeah, toxic people are really good at their game. They fool people re really easily rather than, gosh, you're so stupid. I can't believe you put up with that. Or, you know, I thought you had a backbone or why didn't you just stand up to them more? Um, I think those things can be really damaging. Yeah. And how many have you heard stories of people who've said like, you know, well, why didn't, you know, why didn't you just leave? Mm -hmm. Like, are you serious? Why didn't I, like, do you, I mean, like they don't understand the, the depth of psychological abuse that goes on mm -hmm. in these relationships. And there are rare times when you can have a person who has these toxic traits and they're not meaning to, and they don't mean to hurt anybody, but they're still there. 
And you have to look at it from the perspective of the relationship being toxic and not necessarily the person. You know what I mean? Like it's not about throwing them away. It's about they're not a good fit for your life. It doesn't mean we need to go vilify them to society. It just means in this situation, these two, this is like oil and water. And I realize that my reception is awful right now. Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about before we let you go is where can people go and hang out with you and learn more about all your yummies? Yes. So please come to my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship. Um, tons of lives, tons of good stuff. Uh, my podcast is called Toxic Person Proof. Easy if you Google Toxic Person Proof. I'm coming. I'm the one that's coming up. So you can check out my book there. You can check out my podcast there. Um, and if you are interested in designing a life you're excited about living after a toxic relationship and becoming toxic person proof yourself, then you can head to my website at sarahkramsey.com and sign up for a call and we can just have a chat and see if it feels like a good fit uh, to work together. Sarah, you were so incredible. And I know my reception is awful, guys. I love you all. Um, thank you so much for being here. It'll be good on the podcast. That part will be fine. It's just the it's the streaming to the internet that's going wrong. Um, so that's okay. That's just for today. But anyway, thank you so much for being here. It has been such an extreme pleasure. I'm not even going to kick you off the screen to say goodbye because the reception is that bad. So why don't you go ahead and give last thoughts yeah, i'm just giving everybody my face yeah so last thought last thoughts um pay attention to what your eyes see and what your ears hear and and teach your kids that too you know how how do they um trust themselves if someone's trying to confuse them or gaslight them okay what do your eyes see and what do your ears hear and I think in healthy relationships, people uh, talk about what is a healthy relationship. And I think about um, taking turns at the top of a pyramid. Okay. So in a toxic relationship, someone's wants, needs, desires, moods, feelings, etc., always trump everyone else. They always get to be the, the most important thing. And in a healthy relationship, Sometimes my needs are most important. Sometimes my husband's needs are most important. Sometimes what I have going on that day is the most important. Sometimes what he has going on that day is the most important. And it's really that old seesaw effect of taking turns. And when you really boil it down, toxic people don't know how to take turns. It's always their turn. And we learned, you know, I know Amy Lee has young kids. I have not as young kids, but but young kids. And we learn in preschool to take turns. So if someone is 30, 40, 50, 60, and they don't know how to take turns yet, the chances of them changing are pretty much non-existent. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Sarah. That'll do it this week for us, you guys. Stay tuned next week when we have another amazing guest. Sarah is incredible. Go follow her. Go look at her book. Go read it. Go do all the things. Get her on your podcast if you can. Um, until next week, may you all be happy, healthy, blessed, and at peace. Namaste. Oh.